while sin heals all our diseases, crowns us with loving kindness and compassion so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. We're still ringing. It's too loud. Nothing I can do about that. How's that? Is that better? Is that better? It's going to be great when we move to a big building because uh, we'll have this fun every week. That's still ringing, isn't it? Ring, ring. that great hymn isn't there ponder anew what the almighty can do i wonder what he wants to do with us this morning i wonder what he wants to do for the person who's already switched off said well it's julian it's quite fun quite funny when he speaks it's quite nice but um it's not going to affect my life today could be your day not because of me but because of jesus because of his holy spirit because of who our god is he's so wonderful He's so marvellous. Ponder anew what the Almighty can do. Father, we, t- we just pray, Lord, your agenda this morning. Your agenda, Father. Your blueprint. Open our ears, Father, to hear your voice. Because, Jesus, it's all about you. And we love you. And we praise you. And we bless you. And we say that you are worthy of everything that we can give. You alone are God. Holy Spirit, we say, would you pour out this morning? Would you come amongst us? Would you speak to us? Would you dig open our ears? Would you soften and massage hard hearts? Would you give us hearts of flesh for our hearts of stone? And Father, help us to hear your word. May we not ping off, Lord, this morning, but soak in. Because, Lord, we want you. We're desperate for you, Lord. We're desperate for you. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Anyone remember his name? I've got a Jesus. Have I got two? His name is Jesus. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, Jesus, whom he appointed heir of all things, except what you're struggling with, of course, and through whom he made the universe. All his debate closed. The son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus, as we always say. He sustains all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. This wonderful God, this one who is in perfect, just in perfection with his father, came and lived a life for us, died for us, was raised to life for us. And it's Jesus today who can set us free. Hallelujah. So Hebrews is an interesting book. We've been looking at Hebrews for quite a while now and Derek again gave us a bit of an overview, very helpful overview, last week. And if you look at Hebrews, you'll see chapter 1 through to chapter 10 is mostly about, um, what was his name again? Jesus, okay. Talks about Melchizedek and was that a pre-incarnation of Jesus in the Old Testament? The debate rages. But it's talking about Jesus. 1 to 10 
talks about Jesus. Then in chapter 11, we have these sort of examples of people who kind of demonstrated faith. They were an interesting bunch, but they demonstrated faith. And then chapter 12 and 13, where does it go back? It goes back to Jesus. Hebrews 13, verse 8 is... Jesus, yes, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that wonderful news? The Jesus we were told about this morning, the one who gave the anointing to two disciples to say to this man, silver and gold I have none, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. Lord, that we would be a people that could do that <laughs> in Morrison's, when we're meeting people at work, when we're in the shops. When we're in the car parks, oh, that we could be a people like that. That they could see that there's something different about us. Not because we're kind of happy, but because we're filled with the spirit of the living God. Father, would you do that? Would you do that? So Hebrews 11, that's where we are. Remember, it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we have this little glimpse of people, real people in a real world, who are having to work out their faith. They made plenty of uh, mistakes. And there were lots of disasters along the way. And why are they in there? I believe it's because God wants to reinforce to us that it is his grace. It is his grace. It's the grace of God. We've heard about it through the worship, through contributions this morning. It's the grace of God. For our shortcomings, for our failings, maybe stuff we did before we got saved or whatever. It's his grace. Hebrews 11, I believe, just speaks again about God's grace And his forgiveness and his invitation to us to be people of faith and not look too much back at our shortcomings because it is his grace. Not an excuse to live unwisely, but it is the grace of God. So today we're looking at Samuel. I like Samuel. Not my most favouritest person in the Bible. That's, um, what was his name again? Jesus. There, he's my favourite. I like him. And he likes you too. You know, Jesus likes you as well as loves you. Did you know that? He likes you. But Samuel, Samuel was a man, um, from from, from a very young age, he knew the presence of God. But his gift and his ability needed to be launched. It needed to be developed. It needed to be trained. It needed to be encouraged. It needs to be submitted, tested, humbled used and received. I feel God saying that to me, and I feel he says that to some of us. Giftings that we have need to be submitted, they need to be encouraged, used, tested, humbled, etc., etc. We're going to take a whistle-stop tour through the book of Samuel. We had a book named after him, which is not bad. Samuel 1, Samuel 2, so good they named him twice. But his birth was an answer to prayer. Isn't it wonderful? Hannah, she prayed. It's a great story. I wish we had time, but she was there, and the man of God thought she was drunk. So, hey, that shows what discernment some of us guys think we have. And, man, (laughs) we have so much to learn. But I'm coming back to that later. But she prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, give me a child, and I will dedicate him to you. And she was a lady of her word. We need some of those, don't we? People of their word. And as a young child... Samuel was, was living in, in sort of the house, the presence of God, um, with Eli, who was the priest, the guy in charge. And uh, he was an elderly priest. And, and this, am I still ringing? Okay. 
Um, and this, this uh, elderly priest was, was, was supposedly leading the people of God, but he wasn't doing a very good job leading his own family. And uh, his sons were priests, and they were abusing their position as priests. That's a very, very frightening place to be when men of God abuse their positions. Um, yeah. But despite the, those role models, his heart was to follow God. Isn't that great? Despite those role models. So let's have a little look then at Samuel, 1 Samuel, uh, chapter 3, 1 to 18. And this is the call of Samuel as a child. Put your hand up if you've heard this preached on, say, more than 10, 20 times in your life. Yeah? Sunday school? Yeah? Do you remember that picture in the Ladybird book of him there, sort of? Remember that? It's a new day. God's going to say something fresh. Here we go. Samuel 3. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Hallelujah. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran down to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. I'm just going to drop that down a bit. And Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. Verse 7, underline it. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized the Lord was calling the boy. <clears throat> so Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there. <laughs> you see that? <laughs> what? Before a little chat, the Lord came and stood there. <laughs> Calling us at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Then God starts speaking. He doesn't say, Samuel, I really love you. You know, you're, you're, you're really on my heart and I want to get alongside you and encourage you. He just lets him have it. Bang, crash, wallop about what he's going to do to Eli and his sons. Amazing, isn't it? And in the morning, Eli says to Samuel, what did God say? You better tell me. And Samuel tells him. He doesn't, he doesn't pull his punches. A little boy tells this man of God what God has said. And Eli realizes he's playing in a different dimension. He said, it's God. He better do what he says he's going to do. So a great story. We've heard it many times. It'd be great to spend hours just looking at that. But just need to draw out, because we're looking at the, the, the issue of real faith, just some principles in Samuel's life and how we can take some of those principles and add them to the journey that we're walking. And uh, the first point is that people of faith minister to the Lord. See, it's always, always, always God's first Samuel had encountered tremendous personal difficulties, you know, with the people around him, 
in his later life, he, he had to deal with so many national, national and international problems, war and conflict and difficulty, and yet he remained a man who knew the presence of God. We have to be careful we don't get so busy sorting this out, sorting that out, getting involved in this, that we failed to be men and women of the presence of God. Something I've felt for many years, and I still can fall away. Well, I just do that email before I sit down and read the word. Oh, I just, I better just sort that out before I go and read. Sometimes that can be right, but on the whole, it has to be God first. I'll tell you why. Psalm 127, anyone remember? Without looking, no peeking. Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, its laborers labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over or guards the city, the watchmen guard it in vain. For in vain you rise early and stay up late toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. I thank God that we're in a church where we have men of God leading us who seek God, who seek to build it to God's pattern. That is great. We could get involved in an awful lot of activity, and if God wasn't in it, it would be great activity but there'd be no life, there'd be no substance, and it wouldn't last. So people of faith keep Jesus, God, at the centre. People of faith are not phased by sin and circumstances around. 1 Samuel 2, 22 to 36, tells us the story of the sons, how disobedient they are, how the father, it's too late, is trying to sort his sons out. They wouldn't listen. It says the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And those of you who heard this preached on 20, 30 times before know the next line. It's little wonder. The sin, the disobedience, the constant disobedience to God. It's no wonder they weren't hearing God. It's no wonder he wasn't speaking. On very, very occasions, little occasions, maybe we don't hear God speak because we're being disobedient. Sometimes it's because we're messing about. We need to hear God speak to us. Samuel was in this world. It was full of turmoil. It was full of sin. There was no examples that he could follow around him. Think of Elijah. There was this man of God, Elijah. And what did he have? Ahab, Jezebel, all this grief, all this hassle. Daniel and his friends, you know, they were taken into captivity. They had to learn a foreign language. They had to learn a foreign religion. They, they were even given names of horrible foreign names and yet they stayed true to God they were not faithful they stayed true and whatever happens in these coming days we need to stay true to the truth of the gospel stay just stay just attached and in to the fact we need to be people that love Jesus and are filled with the Holy Spirit and love one another my my second best hero in the Bible <laughs> is Josiah. Love Josiah. 2 Chronicles 34. Read it. It's absolutely fantastic. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. And at 16, he started to seek the God of his fathers. Now, his great-grandfather was a good man, but the rest of his family was a disaster area. This boy was, what was, was put to bed each night. He could hear all the, the cursing and the stuff and all the stuff going on. And yet he sought the Lord. I felt, Derek, I felt God say for you, you're dealing with 16-year-old kids. Some of them have got no, no background. But God's going to raise up 16-year-olds and young people who are going to seek after the Lord. So keep inputting truth into them. 
God can meet our kids. We're so worried about them. Oh, what about our children? We have no idea what the Lord is doing with our children. He knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. So despite all the turmoil, so when, again, let's remember what Derek said last week. Let's be careful what we pray. Oh, Lord, you know this is wrong with this country, and that's wrong, and that's wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong, and that's wrong, and that's terrible, and that's gone down. I know they're building one of those, they're knocking down one of them, and they won't allow this law anymore. Yes, but God is on the move. God knows what he's doing. In the midst of all this turmoil, he was raising up a man that was going to lead the people of God. Yes, let's bring our concerns to God, but let's be a people that prophesy and not reminisce. So let's prophesy the truth. Let's prophesy what we believe God is saying from his word rather than really harping on all the stuff that we're worried about and so forth. Yes, bring our concerns to the Lord, but also let's say, but God, this is what your word says. This is we have to live it. It's, it's easy to say, but this is what we're trying to live. Let's speak out what God is saying. Let's risk prophesying the truth. God loves Hern Bay. He wants to see people saved. We want to see the Baptist church blessed and increased. We want to see Christ church blessed and increased. We want to see Anstey continue to reach out to people that come to him who aren't saved because he has access. The schools work. Lord, you can do it. Let's Oh, it's terrible schools. They won't let you talk about this anymore. That's an issue. We need to be wise. But on the other hand, what is God doing? Our God. He took Daniel, this man, in a foreign country. And yet Daniel who should really be a prince in his own country, was more or less a slave. And yet God blessed him as he submitted himself. Whew. Good stuff. Let's remember, God has got hold of our children. And our children yet to be, he knows what he is doing. So it's a man on my right. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Let's go to Samuel. 1 Samuel 3. We, we drop down here and we heard... and. Uh, And uh, Samuel's a little bit older. In verse 19, it says, The Lord was with Samuel. That's nice. That's nice, isn't it? And he grew up. (laughs) Yes, we need to grow up, don't we? And he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, that's kind of north to south, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and revealed himself through the word of the Lord. We can have encounters with God. Oh, I met God at the Bible week. I met God at this wonderful conference. And we can build a little altar to it. And we can run back there every time we're in need. Now, that was good. But we move on with what God has got for us today. It's not build altars to the fun of of the past. He continued in God's presence in all the changes that were coming. So, I've completely lost my place now. So Samuel is basically promoted in the eyes of the people. I put here, people of faith can handle promotion. When we're promoted, it shouldn't phase us because we remain people who prioritize worship and obedience rather than selfish ambition. And as Samuel's destiny starts to unfold, he continues to keep God, his presence and seeking him, his number one. Again, people of faith need to learn to discern God's voice. See, Samuel spent time, he spent time in God's presence. He learned, he was in that environment where he could have the ear 
where he could develop his ear to hear God. And, and as we worship, and as we spend time together, as we prophesy for one another, pray for one another, we can get a sense and discern what God is saying amongst us. Even the prophetic can be released here in Beacon. Even here. Please say amen, someone, or I'll cry. <laughs> that was very prescriptive, sorry. God wants to release the prophetic amongst us. If there's no prophetic vision, we'll perish. Anyway, so we need to discern God's voice and we will hear that together. That will be weighed up and, and agreed with together. See, Samuel, as he got older, he traveled through Israel. He was sorting out their problems. He was trying to resolve stuff for people, but he continued to keep God's presence his priority. Maybe you're a carer. Maybe you're a full-time carer. Maybe you're a, you're a busy person looking after others, but even if you're looking after others, make sure you spend time in, uh, in God's presence. It's so important. Then we have this awful stage in Israel's history. Uh, they're at war again, and, uh, and they think, oh, I know, if we're going to win, why don't we use the presence of God as a lucky charm to help us win victory? And uh, so they take their lucky charm, the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, and they try and use that as, as, as uh, my lucky rabbit's foot. Terrible, terrible thing to do. And um, even the enemies understood how powerful that was. And Samuel, this man of God, he, he, had to, he had to see that very thing that was so precious just taken away from him. The people were disobedient. Don't have lucky charms. Don't have a lucky Bible. Don't have it. Oh, I've, I've got to have this on the wall. Don't have it. We don't need it. We only need Jesus. You know, if, if you've got something that's precious, that's great. You know, we respect that. That's absolutely fine. But remember, it's always Jesus. We talk to Jesus about our issues, not, not other stuff. We don't need lucky omens. We don't need to even turn God into our lucky omen. Well, if we, if we sing in tongues a lot, then maybe God will come. We need to just be, we need to be careful. Let's discern God's voice. Let's come back to him. Samuel chapter 1, so, uh, sorry, 1 Samuel chapter 8. So the Ark of the, Ark of the Covenant is taken into captivity. Um, God breaks out against the enemy. Down went Dagon, smashed in pieces when the Ark of God came in. Sism chorus book. Fantastic. Even, even dumb idols recognize the presence and the power of God. And uh, the Ark of God is returned. So here we have Samuel now in Samuel, 1 Samuel 8, verses 1 to 7. It says this, Samuel grew old. Hallelujah. He appointed his sons as judges for Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel and the second was Abijah. And they served at Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. Just a little aside. Although Samuel was a man who sought God and sought God's presence, he hadn't had very good role models because that is exactly what happened to Eli. If you have been saved out of difficult circumstances, then God sets you free. His Holy Spirit can change you and can help you. But it may well be that you need help in relearning some of the stuff that was put into you when you were young. won't go into that too much, but you see, Samuel was still a lovely man, a man of God, a man who sought God's presence. 
but sometimes in the natural we can actually bring behaviour with us even though we love God because we don't know any better. That's why we need fathers to teach us and to lead us and to help us. Just a little word to encourage you there. So, 1 Samuel 8, as, we, as we're doing, so his sons, unfortunately, weren't doing so well. So the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ram, Ramah. They said to him, you are old, thank you very much, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as other nations have. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. He didn't moan to the pastor. He prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, listen to the people and what they are saying to you, for it's not you they have rejected as king, but me. That's a word to hear, isn't it? It's not you they're rejecting. It's God. I mean, Samuel must have felt terribly rejected. He'd, he'd, he'd helped Israel out so much, and now they're demanding a king. But rather than getting the ump, he goes and he talks to the Lord about it. God made it clear to him that they were rejecting God. They were not rejecting him. He could have said, yeah, but my family. Look at the Apostle Paul. He stood up and said some very bold and brave things. And his wife said, yes, but of course, I helped with the murder of Stephen and I used to put Christians in prison. So actually, maybe on reflection, they've got a bit of a point. No, he was clear that he'd been saved by grace. By the grace of God, he was saved and he could move on. And, and, and Samuel was able to see that even though he hadn't got it right with his family, that God was with the one being rejected, not him. It takes a brave man of God to be able to discern that. <laughs> a brave man. Simply, let's make sure we've got our families right. Let's make sure that we're not hiding stuff in our marriages, in our families, in our relationships. Because it will come back and bite us especially when the anointing breaks out, we all get excited. Let's be, let's be wise. People of faith will not be like anyone else. Let's look at 1 Samuel 8, 19. It says, The people of Israel refused to listen to Samuel. <laughs> this man of God, they refused to listen to him. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we shall be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and go out before us to fight our battles. When Samuel heard all the Lord had said, all the people had said, here it comes, he repeated it before the cell group. Oh, sorry, um, he rang up John and had a moan. No, no, he repeated it before the Lord. And the Lord answered. This is all before Jesus. God's chatting a lot, isn't he? He likes people that are in his presence. He likes people that spend time before him. He can speak to them. They're not rushing off. And the Lord answered, listen to them and give them the king. God said, give them the thing that you don't want to give them. <laughs> that's, that's the man of God. When you hear what you don't want to hear and you do it. They wanted to, Israel wants to be like every other nation. They've all got a king. We want a king. And yet God wanted to be their king. He wanted to be their leader. We need to be so wise, even in this day and age, that we don't fill even our churches with worldly thinking. We need to be careful how much of the world we allow into our spirit. We're, we're, we're called to build the kingdom of God on kingdom principles. And there's some stuff in the world that's very helpful. But ultimately, it's about kingdom principles, not sleek 
technique. Saul was chosen. He was chosen as king. Why? He was tall. Is there anybody tall here this morning? <laughs> no, but uh, he was tall and he was handsome. So, and as it, he, he looks great. He could become our king. And God said, well, anoint him as the king. He looked good. And God in his grace anoints him. God in his grace equips this man of Saul who had all sorts of encounters with God. And yet Saul was riddled, riddled with character faults. Again, as Derek was telling us last week with Samson, you know, riddled with character issues, riddled with flaws, consistently disobedient. Oh, man. And eventually, God removed him. As we were saying yesterday, you know, Lord, change this or remove this. I think it's okay to pray like that. We need to be wise, as Derek said last week, very wise. Maybe consider how we pray, but sometimes, Lord, change it or remove it. People of faith will not want to be like everyone else. We go against the tide. We're countercultural. So many, so many, not just, oh, you're at the school gate, we notice you don't swear. It's not that. And when Steve was telling us about paying the taxes on his Smith's money, about sort of 5p a year, put fills in his tax return. You know, it's not about the legal law. That wasn't what Steve was saying. It's about the heart. I want to be honest. I want to have integrity before God. Someone this week, they gave me a job. They said, well, it will definitely be cash. I said, well, I'm not registered for VAT. He said, no, 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 it's just cash. It's fine. It's fine. I said, no, no, I'm not registered for VAT. No, no, no. And you're thinking, I'm really trying here to be, act with integrity. And people just don't get it. Because we're two generations away from people that understood the fear of the Lord, even if they didn't accept it. People of faith listen to God at a time of choice. This is one in these coming years when we see God grow and build this church, add people to us and challenges. New challenges will come in. We need to be a people of faith that will listen to God at a time of choice. 1 Samuel 16, this is the, um, the story when Samuel, come. I'm going to read this because it's good to read the word. 1 Samuel 16 verse 1, the Lord, he's still chatting to Samuel, <laughs> still chatting away, it's great isn't it? The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, who's now been re- re- removed? For I have rejected him as king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem, for I have chosen one of his sons to be king. So Samuel gets a bit worried. Well, if I turn up there, Saul finds out, he'll kill me. I can't do that. So God gives him instructions on how to get together with with Jesse and his sons. And then we move down to uh, verse 5. He invites them to a sacrifice. and He says, consecrate Jesse and his sons and invite them to the sacrifice. So they're having a bit of a meal get-together. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before me. Uh, Sorry, stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Oh dear. Then Jesse called Abinadad and made him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. 
Jesse then made Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But the seventh one got quite excited when the sixth one got rejected. Oh, must be me. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) But the Lord said, even though he didn't see any more sons, he said, "Uh, I've not chosen these. It takes a man of faith when your options run out. And God says, I've not chosen these. Yeah, but you said choose a king, which I didn't want anyway. And if the other current king finds out he's going to kill me, you get into those walks of faith when it all seems to get very complicated. And yet when you look at this, it's incredibly straightforward. There was another one. It's always hope. Are these all your sons, he said. He didn't ask for a word of knowledge. He asked. Don't we pray for the sick? Oh, hang on. It's coming through. Um, you're missing your head. Just I was wrong. My leg hurts. Great, we pray for your leg. <laughs> Don't always need to be spectacular. Let's just be normal. And then ask God to be spectacular. There is my youngest, Jesse answered, and he's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him, and we will not sit down until he arrives. So they sent and brought him in. He was ruddy and fine appearance with handsome features. And the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Hallelujah. Don't you want the anointing, the spirit of the Lord to come upon you? Yes, we do. (laughs) Listen to God at a time of choice. Even at this stage, Samuel was started to rely on his natural instinct. Well, he's tall, he's handsome, he's a strong guy. I was told to come to Jesse. It must be this lad. And God said no. He still had to just adjust and remember that he had to listen to what God was saying. You know, these are days when we have to make serious choices. There are serious choices to make, not just in the world, but also in the kingdom. Are we going to, am I going to go for all that God has got for me? Is this where God has called me to be? What is God calling us to do? How should I live my life? How should I address issues in my family? These are serious things. And I believe that God wants to speak to us and help us and lead us through. I, I, I really do. Let's ask God to help us at a time of decision. I mentioned before, you know, in Proverbs 8, 8 chapter 1, it, it talks about um, God's voice cries out where the paths meet at the city gate and what the other one on the heights. So when you're successful, God can speak. At the city gate, through the leaders, God can speak. And where the paths meet at a point of decision, God can speak. You need to make a decision, ask God to speak. Come talk to these guys, say, I sense God saying this. Get help, get prayer, get supported. Remember my mantra, there is no independence in the church. No such thing. It says in Psalm 99, verse 6, It said, Saul was among those who called upon the Lord. And he called upon the Lord. He called upon his name. He called upon the Lord, and the Lord answered. Wouldn't it be great to be a people of God? Barb called upon the Lord, and he answered. Ivan called upon the Lord, and he answered. In Portuguese. (laughs) Even though he's English. (laughs) So, at the time of choice, let's listen. And for me personally at the moment, I have choices to make. We have choices to make in our family. And I'm just saying, Father, I'm trying to listen. 
Not just read my word, but take time quiet, whether walking or sitting quietly. Father, speak. Separate subject, but let's get aside and let's listen to God at times of choices. Okay. Seventhly, people of faith are anointed for action. 16 verse 13, isn't it wonderful? You know, the man of God took the oil and he anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him powerfully. We need people of God. The spirit will come along powerfully. Not, oh, yes, I had a great time at Dale's Bible week. We heard angels and it was great. It was great. But what about today? How can God move powerfully in the Facebook generation? How can God move powerfully when we meet with Focus? We did the other night. Lots of unsafe people come to an event. How can we move powerfully? How can we be radically normal and yet supernatural? Father, help us. Help us. Give us wisdom. The Spirit of God came upon David. And he was anointed for action. And he was anointed in front of his brothers. And I believe we need to be anointed again. We need to be filled again with the Spirit. It talks about the Spirit of joy. The oil of gladness. We need a bit of gladness. I need gladness. I get a bit fed up. I'm a half glass empty person. I know Steve's a half full. I'm a half empty person, those who know me. We need the oil of gladness. Nothing we can summon up in ourselves. It's all when the Spirit comes upon us. The oil breaks the yoke. The anointing oil sets people free and releases people. And it enables us to minister to one another and minister to God. People have People of faith have victory despite opposition. 1 Samuel 17, 28. This is a great verse. David is anointed king. He goes back to his sheep, interestingly, because character development needs to continue. The, his brothers went to fight the Philistines, and then we get to David and Goliath. And um, David gets very upset. God comes upon him in power. He gets very upset about the about Goliath challenging the people of God. So David says, I'll take him on. Who's this guy I think he is running our God down? And, uh, <laughs> and then the brothers' hearts are revealed beautifully in, verse, in chapter 16 um, and verse 13. Have I got that right? 17. Who wrote these notes? There's a story in that, in mind. <laughs> 17, 17. Of course it's 17, 17. No, it isn't. 28. Oh, bless you. Yep, 28. That's right. 17. 1 Samuel 17, verse 28. So this is David's older brother. And he said, David's older brother heard him speaking with the man. He burned with anger at him. And he said, why have you come down here? And who did you leave those few sheep with in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked is your heart. You only came to watch the battle. You step out sometimes in the things of God and people close to you start telling you you're wicked, the devil's in you. It's tough. It's very tough. It's part of the battle. His brothers, the resentment, the anger of his brother because he wasn't made king against his brother. (laughs) There will be opposition. There will be tough things. You know, you go to these Bible weeks, it's all fantastic and wonderful, and then you get back home and reality strikes. How do we apply these great things that we've heard into everyday life? There can be opposition. And finally, I believe that people of faith act. They do something about it. 
I, I really believe it's a season. I, I just felt something change in the air about four weeks ago. I'm sorry if that's weird. That's only what I feel. Something changed. Oh, I've got another one. That's good. Anyone else? Help me here. Three, four. Okay. Um, so, something of, of, of God's desire to pour out his spirit on us again, to fill us again, to pour out his oil. And it was encouraging last week as well what we heard about the oil breaking. It's very encouraging. But as, as people of God, we need to act. We need to actually act on what we believe God is saying to us. We've done 17. This is the 17th session on real faith. Has it made a blithering slightest difference to anyone's life in this room? You know, has it made, have I changed? Have I taken some of the things that David said and Johnson, Stephen, have I, have I applied and said, Lord, you're speaking to me? We need to act. On the word, I'm not having a go saying we haven't, but you know we need to act on what God is saying. You know, we are not pew fillers; we are people of God who need to be equipped because there's a job to do. There's a job to do. It's time to activate. Maybe it's time to step out in faith for the very first time and acknowledge Jesus Christ is your Lord. He loves you, and He's calling you. Maybe it's time to take that step of faith to say, "Yes, Jesus, I am going to now follow you." Maybe, not maybe, this is, this, I know. If you have not been baptised in water, I challenge you before the Lord, ask him, Lord, do you want me to be baptised in water? You ask him direct, that's not me saying, you ask him, Lord, should I be baptised in water by immersion? Maybe it takes faith to step out and say, please pray for me to be filled with the Spirit of God, either for the first time or again. Maybe it takes faith to step out and prophesy, or when David says, you know, if you want anything to share, just come and have a word with me. You think, well, I don't know what it is, but since I got here, my back's been killing me, and my back's fine. Maybe that's a word of knowledge. Maybe take a risk, say, David, sorry, as we heard earlier, emptied of ourselves and yet full of God. You know? And David might say, well, go for it. Might find two or three people that have got bad backs. We can pray for them, because Jesus will be glorified, and they'll get better. Maybe it's time to step out, take the risk. We don't have to raise the dead first off. We can take little steps. You know, God's very understanding. He leads us. He's very understanding. Maybe here's the tough one. It's time to step out in faith and submit yourself to the leaders of this church because that way you will grow. That is where we grow. We submit to God and we submit to the authorities that he puts over us and that way we grow. Maybe it's time rather than saying it, for us to actually do it. And that's a tough one. Ask for wisdom. Ask for guidance. Ask for help. Ask for input. It's a gift of God, but we need brothers around us that can support us and brothers and sisters who can pray for us. Maybe we need to step out in faith more and sharing our faith. It's a nightmare at Morrison's because they're all out there sharing their faith. <laughs> but don't, don't bother going to Morrison's. <laughs> Unless you want good quality meat and fish. <laughs> Sponsored. Advertising not allowed. The fish is reduced and it's really nice actually if you go at the end of the day. It's lovely. It's really good. But maybe it's, it's just to have a little bit of boldness, just to say with your neighbour, oh, I'm worried about this. Well, could I say a little prayer for you? You know, we can just take little, little, little steps of faith. I'm going to leave it there. Father, I just want to thank you so much. Thank you so much that you are the living God, that you are a God that we can call upon you and that, Father, you are a God who answers us. 
Father, I pray for my precious, precious brothers and sisters, Lord. I pray that you would fill us again with the Spirit of God, Lord, that your anointing would break yokes. And that, Father, that you help us with decisions that we have to make. Jesus, we just say again, please, please, Lord, build your church. Build your church. And, Father, here we are. Father, use us. We worship you, Jesus. It's all about you. Amen. Thank you, folks. The, the notes are there. And, um, if you're-